what if Harry and Ron didn't follow Hagrid's advice about the spiders in Chamber of Secrets? And what was Dumbledore doing during that suspension? I answer both of these questions in this episode of Belated Binge Harry Potter, the Harry Potter podcast that doesn't take itself or the books too seriously. I'm Zach, and I didn't read this series till I was a grown man. So now I'm going back to Hogwarts to speculate on all the things happening off the page, deep dive what's on the page, and call the books on their BS when the shoe fits. This episode is all about theorizing and Let's be honest, it's borderline fanfiction in some cases, as I'm basically rewriting the Harry Potter books one small change or question at a time. The Belated Binge Podcast. Hi, and welcome to Belated Binge Harry Potter, the Harry Potter podcast that doesn't take itself or the books too seriously. I'm Zach, your host, doing my best to rewrite the series one small change in each chapter at a time. And do all those things where uh, I like to deep dive and I like to speculate and theorize and all of that 20 some odd years after the books have been released. Uh, before we get into anything today, spoilers as always, language maybe. Um, shout out to our free elf patrons, Alex Swetland and Hottis Navoni. Uh, both have gotten their own personalized bonus episodes over on Patreon recently. So if that's something that interests you at all, give it a gander. Patreon.com slash belated binge. Link in the show description for this episode. Um, if you're new, this is the episode where I theorize on what would ex- I, what I would expect to change uh, in the story if we made one small tweak to the plot of the chapter that we're covering. I call this one Expecto Plot Changeo. Expecto Plot Changeo. If you can remember all the way back before the holiday madness, uh, uh, the last chapter that we covered of Chamber of Secrets was chapter 15, Aragog. And I did so with special guest Firebird. And so shout out to Firebird. Uh, the question that I asked in that uh, Expecto Plot Changeo episode was what if Harry and Ron didn't listen to Hagrid and follow the spiders into the Forbidden Forest? Uh, and I got a couple pieces of uh, input and feedback from you all. Amy on Facebook said they basically learned Hagrid didn't do it from Aragog, right? Uh, I think this was already obvious as Dumbledore kept him there, trusted him, and the fact that the trio is friends with him and should know better. Uh, it's sad that they'd need a giant spider to say that for it to be true to them. Fair point. Uh, I also got one from Josh, which uh, was also on Facebook. So active Facebook uh, for this particular question. And he just says, honestly, not much would have changed. They really only learned that Hagrid was innocent. Uh, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. And you might see this one coming from me. What happens if they don't follow the spiders? Nothing. Nothing happens. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, I, I've said this and uh, at least to a certain extent, and we're gonna we're gonna do the whole thing right now. 
This was the most unnecessary to the plot and unnecessary jump scare chapter in this entire book. If you opened the book to chapter 15 and ripped out every single page until chapter 16, the ending of this book could have still happened the exact same way. Uh, Let's recap and let me know if you've heard any of this before. The plot purpose of this trip to the woods is for Harry and Ron to learn that Hagrid wasn't guilty. Amy said it. Josh said it. I'm saying it. That's it. That the monster that Hagrid had wasn't the one in the castle attacking people. Some clues of what the monster really is, but not actually reveal what that monster is. (laughs) And for Harry to think that Moaning Myrtle could have been the girl who was killed 50 years ago. Those are the plot points in the chapter. When the chambers opened again, we'll know that Hagrid didn't do it, because he's an Azkaban. When we visit Hermione and find her little piece of paper crumpled up in her hand, we'll learn what the basilisk is, and that spiders are afraid of it, and so that obviously must have been what Hagrid was talking about when he was yelling about spiders on his way to Azkaban. Check. And Moaning Myrtle has been here the entire book. Nothing Aragog said actually hinted towards Aragog, or sorry, (laughs) nothing Aragog said actually hinted towards Myrtle at all. Harry could have easily put that piece together one page later in the book. It wouldn't have been out of place whatsoever. There's probably a hundred different ways he could have come to the thought of, hey, you know that ghost that we've been basically hanging out with this entire school year in that bathroom. Maybe she's the one that died. Let's go ask her. Yeah. It was all useless. So why am I even recording this episode of the podcast? Well, (laughs) let's make something up. Let's see if we can get Harry coming to the idea of Moaning Myrtle being the girl who died last time in a completely new way. So this is basically fan fiction. Let's go. So what we start with is Harry's reflecting on Hagrid saying, follow the spiders, and Dumbledore saying, help will always be given at Hogwarts to those who ask for it. That's the beginning of chapter 15. In our real story, Harry and Ron go for Hagrid's advice and wonder, like, what do we do? Well, I guess we need to try to find some spiders, and they end up wandering into the Forbidden Forest to barely escape being brutally murdered by giant spiders. So, we're going to go the other way. We're going to take Dumbledore's advice. Help will always be given at Hogwarts to those who ask for it. So, what if Harry asked for it? The obvious answer here would be to go to Prof. McGee, but let's be honest, we've tried that, and it hasn't worked. And, This is a YA novel, so despite how logical it would be, we're not going to go do that one. (laughs) Uh, I think it would be Harry trying to figure out how to ask Dumbledore for help. But Dumbledore's suspended. He's not at Hogwarts. So we can either take an off-campus adventure to try to find Dumbledore, or we can try to figure out how to get the information at Hogwarts. Since we didn't go into the woods, we don't know about the car. That might be a blessing. (laughs) Uh, So as fun as it would be to go on a road trip on search for the headmaster, let's take that one off the table. 
That leads us with Hogwarts, which is specifically where Dumbledore said you would get help if you asked. So, here we go. Harry and Ron still sneak out of the common room with the invisibility cloak, but instead of going to Hagrid's, they're headed for Dumbledore's office, who, in the same plot convenience uh, type of way as the real books, hasn't changed the password since Professor McGonagall brought Harry here earlier in the book. Did you forget that Harry's been here and heard the password in this book? Because I had until I started doing this. They're searching for clues. Any information that could potentially help them communicate with Dumbledore somehow. They find, obviously, plenty of cool magic trinkets, but nothing that makes sense. Ron says, this is stupid. We don't even know what we're looking for. Plus, I'm hungry. Let's go. Or something like that. (laughs) Uh, But Harry's not ready to give up, and he's struck with an idea. He makes his way to Fox's perch and asks him for help. Fox, being an extension of Dumbledore, utters a low and beautiful song. He elevates from his perch and majestically flies around the room, illuminating portraits of past headmasters along his way. Absolutely amazing sight to behold. And he lands on a shelf next to the sorting hat. Harry puts the hat on his head. It falls over his eyes, and he asks the hat for help. The sorting hat's response is something along the lines of, to know where to go in your future, you must learn from your past, or something incredibly Yoda like that. And Harry remembers. Paintings can talk in this world. (laughs) He finds the portrait closest to Dumbledore's desk. He recognizes the man in the picture from a memory. Tom Riddle's memory. He asks the portrait about the Chamber of Secrets. His response is actually kind of painful to read about. Full of fear, explaining how awful it was to experience, and of course, plenty of haggard slander until he gets to the key point that matters. That poor girl's parents after we found her in the bathroom. And Lumos Maxima in Harry's head. Ron, the girl was killed in a bathroom. What if she never left? What do you think? By the way, the portrait closest to Dumbledore's desk should be the previous headmaster, which would be Armando Dippet. I don't know. I think that one could have some legs and doesn't need to be hairy and have eight of them. Let me know what you thought in the Facebook group with the link in the description of this episode. And that officially wraps up our chat from the last chapter like literally a month later, so now let's go ahead and set the stage for the next one, kicking things off with the Expecto Plot Change question for Chapter 16 of Chamber of Secrets, which is titled Chamber of Secrets. It's, what if Percy hadn't interrupted Ginny when she was trying to talk to Harry and Ron at breakfast? Would she have told him what she thought was actually going down? How could that have changed the events of the chapter? The book? What about the series? 
Let me know your thoughts to be included in the next uh, Expecto Plot Change O Theory episode that we do. Uh, I will share the question with a video on social media, as always, across uh, Instagram and Facebook Reels, YouTube Shorts, and TikTok will get this in video form. I will also put it on Twitter and in the Facebook group that I mentioned just a minute ago. You can respond with your thoughts on any of those platforms at Belated Binge, uh, or uh, if you'd like, use the voicemail function on my website, belatedbinge.com. I'd love to be able to play it on the podcast, but uh, however you are most uh, intrigued and uh, however this, the mood moves you <laughs> uh, to answer the question, uh, go for it. Uh, so, Harry and Ron didn't go on that road trip that we talked about to find Dumbledore, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't care about where Dumbledore is and what he's doing during all this, making it the perfect thing to speculate on for this Lumos segment. Lumos. Lumos. Let's pull out our wands and light the tips. We're not blowing smoke, we're here to illuminate Dumbledore. Uh, He was suspended, if you recall. Suspended from Hogwarts, which... I didn't think was possible until it actually happened in the book. But what was he doing? Was he just, like, chilling at Hagrid's dog-sitting Fang? Or did he take a vacation to the beach to try to unwind? Does he have a fruity drink in his hand? Maybe a candy straw? Was he hiding out in the rumor requirement? What was his deal? For my money, I think he was doing the same thing that he does in all the books. Certainly not being headmaster of Hogwarts, and um, he can't have that much administrative duties. He can't be, he's not teaching classes. He's not seen roaming the halls too much. So what's he doing? He's trying to figure out how to defeat Voldemort. These kids can learn. They got textbooks. They got teachers. But how do we make sure that the darkest wizard of this age doesn't come back and try to kill them all? Well, that's his thing. (laughs) We know he kept tabs on him, and he got information that he's currently in Albania in hiding, which maybe that's what he was doing, and that's when he learned this, was during this suspension time. And maybe I'm completely off base from the jump of this whole concept, but I think he's had a a, a, a pulse or uh, kept a beat on that one all year long since... Since Quirrell's death, I think he's been pretty much tracking the Valdi Wisp. So, I think he was investigating something else. I think he was investigating how he could be opening the Chamber of Secrets. And he's been considering the timing of his suspension within that. So, why not start there? We know in the ending chapter that he received owls from the governors to go back when... Jenny Weasley was taken into the chamber, and he tells Lucius that he knows about the threats Lucius made to the other governors and their families to suspend Dumbledore in the first place. Oops, sorry about that. It's very early in the morning. This I'm so late recording this podcast, so if you just heard the alarm on my phone, that's literally when I was supposed to get up for work this morning, uh, but I got up early so that I could record this uh, and try to get it out to you as quickly as possible. It's literally release day, which does not happen. I do not record the podcast 
on the day it's supposed to release. Um, so apologies if any of the editing might get a little loose on this one. Uh, I'm, I'm literally, I'm working under the gun to try to get this thing uh, to you on the day that you expect it. So anyways, um, Dumbledore has some information. He's been suspended. He knows that, uh, he ends up knowing that Lucius basically threatened everyone to make it happen. And that's all information that we learn in chapter 18 of this book. We're obviously not there yet, but this is a reread. We know how that goes down. But here's what doesn't totally align for me. Who's to say that they all put that information about like, Lucius threatened me, please don't be mad. He threatened my family. He was going to curse us all in the letters that they wrote to Dumbledore. Those letters might have literally just been, hey, a girl's been taken to the chamber. Get your ass back there and save the day. Who knows? So is it possible that he could have actually spoken to the governors to find out why they were okay suspending him? All of them? What if he visited them to discuss the decision and just to understand their thought process? What if it was those discussions that he learned about the threats made by Lucius and that put them put him them put put him on the trail of Lucius in the first place? See, Lucius might not like Dumbledore, but to our knowledge in the books, he hasn't tried to get him fired before. Except for right now. But why now? Is it because of the attacks? The Malfoy family's a well-known, pure-blood, loyalist group. Lucius is a well-known, blood-purist at best, Death Eater at worst. And he was also a Death Eater who claimed to be under the Imperius Curse just to avoid Azkaban, and I don't think Dumbledore was falling for any of that crap, even though the rest of the Wizarding World seems to have been. Do you think that Dumbledore actually believes that Lucius was upset over Muggleborn students being attacked and in danger at Hogwarts? Sure, it could just be a, a an opportunity that Lucius could be pouncing on in this moment, but... I don't think Dumbledore would chalk it up to coincidence. So now he's trying to figure out how he did it. How could he have gotten Voldemort into the school when Voldemort's soul is chilling in Albania? Could he be using Draco? I've already theorized that he suspected that it could be Harry and that there's a connection to Voldemort somehow. Could Lucius have somehow activated that connection? And what's the means of the connection in the first place? And then he gets hit with owls. A whole bunch of them. Ginny Weasley has been taken to the Chamber of Secrets. And I think that could have actually put things kind of in, into place for Dumbledore. Ginny's not a muggle-born. She's a pureblood. She wouldn't have been a victim of Slytherin's heir if it's holding true to its purpose and mission and what it's done literally the entire time each time that it's been opened she must be the way that Voldemort was opening the chamber and Dumbledore 
must have heard about the dust-up, the dad fight, the bookstore brawl that happened before the school year started between Lucius and Arthur. So, the daughter of the person who was in a fistfight before the year started is the culprit who's been opening the Chamber of Secrets? And he knows about the Muggle Protection Act or Muggle-Born Protection Act. I can't remember exactly the wording on that thing. But he knows that Arthur Weasley was trying to pass that and that Lucius was against it. And that's the person whose daughter has been opening the Chamber of Secrets? All of a sudden we have motive for Lucius to actually be behind this thing. And once Harry brings him the diary as the final missing piece, the means of the connection, the who, or, well, not the who, he brought him the who and Ginny, but the how, the diary. So all, all in all, what's Dumbledore doing during his suspension? He's putting the pieces together and he's figuring out the mystery to this book. He's figuring out who's behind having the Chamber of Secrets opened and getting Voldemort into the castle to do it. He's figuring out the motive behind the why they would be doing it now. And he's getting back to Hogwarts pretty much just in time for Harry to have already saved the day. Because the second book in this series is, in a lot of ways, a lathering's repeat of the first one. <laughs> Let me know your thoughts on the theory in that Facebook group that I mentioned. Link in the description of this episode um, or the show notes, if that's what you want to call them. In the next episode of this very podcast, we will deep dive chapter 16 of Chamber of Secrets called Chamber of Secrets. <laughs> I'm glad I could squeeze this one in for you. I hope that you enjoy it. See you next time on this uh, on the wow i can't even end the podcast see i am flustered this is belated binge harry potter